Hello and welcome back to this brand new episode of Coffee Protocol Podcast. This is your host, Barista on Bike. This uh, next episode, it took me a lot of time to even decide to edit. Not that I didn't want to, it's just that this episode, to me personally, was more of an emotional journey. And I knew it is going to be difficult to edit this one. This one is a really special one from Nagaland when I visited there last time and met some amazing people. I met uh, Artsy who invited me. She runs an amazingly beautiful cafe in Medjifama, Farmer's Square Cafe. I met uh, Dilly of D Cafe and uh, of course I also met um, Lee Chan of Ethe Coffee Roasters. Now this podcast is basically a conversation with Lee Chan but I wanted um, to definitely cover the story of Dilly and Atsi as well which shall be soon on this podcast in one way or the other but this one is the conversation with Lee Chan it's a little longer episode uh, than what I would normally release but if you stick to the end I'm sure you'll find this worth it. So let's begin. Maybe I've invested a little over 13 lakhs, maybe on my photography gadgets. Yeah, so so you, okay, so, okay, there's a lot of things. Okay, you're a man of different talents. I have pretty much invested all my money uh, from mm. what I've been earning uh, because I just got married. Mm. Not that I spend a lot of money, but um, I spend So, excuse me, I don't know why I'm sneezing, but okay. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, for those people who are not in this part of the country, mm-hmm. uh, how would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Lichan. Okay. I'm married with a daughter. Okay. As of 2021. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening 50 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur okay. here in Nagaland. Um, but my entrepreneurship revolves around the coffee industry. Okay. Um, Ever since I started roasting coffee. Okay. Yeah. And um, when exactly did you get into coffee? I um, officially got started 2nd of July 2016. 2016? Yes. Okay. And uh, the foundation of the company is so called. From that? Yeah. Date. Okay. Right. That's the date when you asked your wife, wife to clap to hands? Clap. In our small apartment, <laughs> I asked my wife to clap hands because there's no one. We, we don't have like loud trumpet, red carpet. Ribbon cutting, nothing was okay. there. So, so how, how I, was that scenario? Could you explain that? I mean, it was um, right after I left my day job okay. and uh, to move into photography full time because I've been shooting professionally, wedding and portrait photography. And then, um, I have pretty much invested all my money uh, from mm-hmm. what I've been earning uh, because I just got married. Mm-hmm. Not that I spent a lot of money, but um, I spent 6,400 rupees. Okay. Um, saying the first investment for my business. 
for coffee. Yeah, so it's basically to buy uh, pouches and okay. stickers to stick on it. Okay, yeah. so that and was your first ever business experience. Exactly, so 6,400. I have an amazing story based around, around this number. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's how I, I launched it. Okay. And so, so it's, it's obviously a word, but wife being wife, you're okay with anything. And so I just say, why didn't you clap for me? <laughs> Instantly, but she, <laughs> she did. Yeah, and then that's how we started the company officially. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So this was in 2016. <clears throat> right. So what, what did you do before 2016? Prior to that, I worked with the government for six and a half years. Okay. Yeah. As what? I was serving in different capacity. When I first joined, I was mostly to do with uh, as a field stuff. We go, we were working closely with watershed development. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the flagship program. Okay. Um, and so we use this GIS remote sensing technology, um, understanding different aspects of uh, watershed, and we help develop horti livestock, pretty much everything under com that comes under the watershed. Okay. And later part. I was assigned mostly to do with um, capacity building. So it was pretty much designing um, uh, schedules and models around that. Okay. So I was, you know, the last um, role that I had was as a assistant technical expert. Okay. That's the last time I think those things. Sounds I did. like an important position. It is not really big, okay. important role maybe, um, but it's a small job, no doubt. Okay. Yeah. So you did that for six and a half years. Six and a half years, right? And you, <clears throat> and you quit that. Yeah, I quit that. And along the same time, yeah. out of my ignorance, I didn't know you are not supposed to earn money, do business if you are with the government. I didn't know. Oh, really? Yes, you oh. you are not supposed to. Okay. It was up until um, six, five years into the job, there was this workshop. Uh, one officer came from the ATI, yeah. Adventure Training Institute, and he started telling us. You can't be working, doing business if you are with the government. Um, wow. That was not only the reason why I left, of course, but that also really uh, put a fuel in the fire. I mean, for, for a better adds, adds another reason for yeah, you to yeah. decide. So I was shooting professionally. Okay. And in your free time, um, it's very tricky to say this because we are not supposed to take casual leave more than twelve days in a year. Correct. But I was shooting seventy plus weddings every year. Wow. And that's a lot of money, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I also started to realize maybe that's not the right thing to do. Okay. And every, because my, my heart has always been if there's anything um, that challenges me to do something uh, for the greater cause, mm -hmm. not only for money. Um, so I thought maybe it's time to move out of the government system. Not that I didn't like it, mm -hmm. I liked it. I learned a lot. I think a lot of uh, who I am today is also made up from all the characters I built working with the system. So okay. I learned a lot too. Uh -huh. Good and bad, uh, but most part for me, I think it's a good part. Okay. Because the, the, the people in charge, the officers in charge out there gave us a lot of free hand and to experiment with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So learning was really, really a great deal for us at the time. Okay. Um, so I was a wedding and portrait photographer around the same time. Okay. I take leave a little more than that. Okay. And, uh, but, but so yeah, I, I, I moved out to get full time into photography and three months into that, again, I decided to not get to camera, not do, not do photography. Not to do photography and I moved wow. into this. 
Yeah. So you quit your job for six and a half years that you've been working uh-huh. to start your entrepreneurship journey with photography. Yeah. Which I've invested a lot of money and time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do that for three and a half months. Right. <clears throat> and then you decide to do something else. Yeah. And how did coffee come into the picture? So I think it's very tricky. Um, I, I mean, oftentimes people, you hear stories like, um, I, I mean, coffee was a thing for me. I grew up eating. I saw my grandpa or, you know, it's passed on to me. It's many stories of that kind. But mine was like, seriously, to be honest, I was not into coffee. Okay. I had no idea what coffee is all about. Okay. Um, the only time I got to experience was um, the time when friends uh, from America, who, they were coming around. I yeah. had a friend who had a friend and he was like, hey, my friend really needs a good coffee. Mm-hmm. And I heard that you roast a ton on mm-hmm. a small, you know, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. band, yeah. Daga band. Yeah. So yeah, come over, but I'm nervous because you know, I'm not good at it. I don't know anything, mm-hmm. but I also did my own share of research okay. um, because that's what I do normally. Whatever I do, I just go the history behind it, the science behind it. And I do have a microbiology background, so it has wow. really helped me to understand a little bit about the chemistry and microbiology, fermentation and things like that. Okay. So they would come over, I roast and we drink together. Okay. And then it went on and I started to give it to friends. And by the way, I should also remember my friends at work in the government sector mm-hmm. who also kept on pushing me, uh, helped me a lot in my career as a photographer. Okay. And even to do with the coffee, um, uh, there were a lot of friends. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I would like to mention a name, but maybe, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So Benry, Aya, and Richard, and there are a couple of names there yeah. who really pushed me to yeah. Um, my photography as well as what I'm doing today. Okay. And so there was a time again another friend mm-hmm. popped up. Um, his name is Apen. Mm-hmm. He says, "Why don't you turn this into business?" Okay. And as this now by now I have a lot of people who would come and like, "Hey, we have a guest, a tourist uh, from outside, mm-hmm. and we're reading the coffee." So they come and buy from me. I mean, they get from me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "No, this is for free." Yeah, and they would throw money and run away. And that's my first sale, you know. Okay. <laughs> and so I also really start to consider maybe then the choices like the tussle between these two: okay. photography and coffee. Um, and coffee. Now, photography is like by two thousand thirteen, and I already have twenty five thousand followers on my Facebook page. Wow! And I was shooting seventy to seventy five weddings in a year. I charge forty five thousand. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And um, I feel like I've built a good network on yeah. it because digital platform, the marketing is, in, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's insane if it's 24,000, 25,000 people following you. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, to now move from there to coffee. Yeah. But one thing that really pushed me to getting into coffee is like that photography is about me. I get the money, I get the name. Yeah. We go by my name, Lichan yeah. Hamtoy Photography. Yeah. And it's all about me. Yeah. But if I say coffee, it starts from farmers, to shipping, transport, roasters, brewing, baristas. It went on and on and on. It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is one thing uh, God has blessed Nagaland yeah. or people living in Naga, in Naga areas, yeah. growing coffee. We yeah. can do something, uh, do value addition, wow. call it made in Nagaland. And so that really made me think that I think I should pick coffee over 
photography. So maybe I've invested a little over 13 lakhs maybe on my photography gadgets. Wow. I have the top-notch Nikon gears with three full frames. And wow. I mean, I built my system on Apple. So from iPhone to iPad to MacBook to everything, iPad, all of that. And I have all the lights ready for photography work. And now to suddenly leave that one, it's always a big challenge because now what are I going to do with these gears? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Spending so much money, getting so much things done, all these amazing equipments that any photographer would dream of. And right. You had that. And then I had that. And you suddenly <clears throat> want to switch to coffee. Right. How did your wife react to it? I mean, my wife believed in me. Okay. I mean, I think we, um, we really love each other. Yeah. And he believed in what I did and initially he, I'm sure she didn't I can't read her mind obviously but yeah. she was like she really loved to see me doing what I love doing mm -hmm. and so when I have to leave the job their job to get, get into photography a reason why she agreed is because the same reason and she loved to see me doing what I love to wow. uh, so when I say coffee obviously a little bit of apprehension mm -hmm. but are you sure mm -hmm. But he has also seen how I shifted from my music career wow. <laughs> before I got into photography and a uh, government job. I was okay. My, wait, my... so wait, wait, wait. So, yes. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so right, you have a music career as well. Yeah, not professionally, but pretty much my whole life I was a songwriter. So a songwriter. Yes. That, so this was before you did your government job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Till my masters in my in college, I jumped from one band to another band. Wow. Yeah. So, so you, okay. So, okay. There's a lot of things. Okay. You're a man of different talents. Okay. So you did your bachelor's in what? I did my bachelor's in microbiology. In microbiology. Yeah. At this point, were you in music? In music. Full so, so music yeah. and microbiology. Right. Okay. Then, and then you did master's. Yeah. In social work studies. In social work studies. And yes. you also did I became music. a little bit of a social worker for some time. Wow. <laughs> Meaning, just the inclination. It's just a young man's wild imagination, nothing else. Okay. So you did social studies, like social work studies. Yeah. And you also did music. Right. During your master's. Right. And you did music and then you also got inclined towards social work. Yeah. And right after your studies. Right. What did you do? So, uh, when I came back, straight away I joined the government. Okay, so you joined the government. Yeah, not because I wanted to, but my parents thought like you should sit for an interview or exam. And so, okay. So because government job is more safe and much more secured yeah. and all that. So. Like most of the parents in the country. Yeah, yeah it sounds sense. good. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, just, I just did that. When I got selected, I, I was really sad. But I think um, today I look back and I'm like, that's one of the best things, um, I must say. Of, I mean, all of them. Uh, I thought like being with the government should be a curse, but no, I think it's that way around. You know, you got you a lot of it. blessings out of that too. Okay. From music, from all of that, pretty much everything. I didn't know God was preparing me for this day. Okay. Yeah. So you were kind of a rock star? I wouldn't then, say that. Okay. But so, I mean, I, so I've seen <laughs> some of your pictures uh, and I know that you did play a lot of guitar. I did, so. and I sing. Yeah. So yeah, so you were a rock star. You, okay. you studied. Not a rock star, but... And then you got into like, a government job. All right. And then you got into your other passion, which was photography. Right, right. And then you <coughs> quit photography and then you started coffee. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when you started coffee, mm -hmm. uh, did you know a lot about coffee or? No, absolutely no, nothing. But just like me, whatever I pick, I go every length and breadth of it. 
to study um, about it. Yeah, my mama called me Mehen Master, meaning someone who is very, very meticulous about whatever he does. Mm -hmm. And I can go really insane with that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Prior to that, just to uh, lighten up this conversation, in my fifth standard, yeah. when uh, the teacher asked everyone, what do you want to be? Uh, what do you want to be? I said, my aim in life was to become the world's funniest man. Funniest man? The world's funniest man. So today I make everyone laugh at me, <laughs> not that I <laughs> make them laugh. <laughs> so. No, but that's, that's, such a, that's a, such a unique thing to say, even as a kid, right? I, mean, I don't know why that happened. Wow. I mean, you are a very uh, joyous fellow. So, so I, I, I sound very, um, I sound very confusing. I mean, when I say this, like, so not stable, you know. But today, I also thought at one point of time, all these are meaningless because, in my high school, you know, my parents thought if you are good in math, you become an engineer. So my aim in life for some time was an engineer. Okay. You know? So from world's funniest man to songwriter to an engineer to a social worker to wow. a government servant to a photographer okay. and now to coffee yeah. but today excuse me it makes complete sense yeah i mean they all come together as one piece yeah yeah god was preparing me i feel it's I'm like it's like looking through so many different glasses and then you have like one it. ray of light going through because it makes sense and everything that probably you did yes. is helping you now. Right, it is. Okay. Uh, the name of your brand, Ete, mm -hmm. is, it, is it the right pronunciation? Ete, right. Ete. Exactly. right. Why, what, is, what does it mean and what is it? Um, I'm from a Naga community, okay. which, is, uh, which is about 50 to 60 um, multiple tribes, some uh -huh. tribes, speaking different languages, probably more than 40 plus. Okay. Yeah. But officially we have only 16, but it's much more than that. We okay. speak different dialects. Okay. And um, I guess the same for the whole nation in India. Correct. And so, so much of diversity and we call ourselves one. Correct. And so through the name, I want to promote unity. So, okay. I mean, it sounds very cliche and cheesy, but I mean, that's really, I felt it. And so when we say ette, it means us or ours. Oh, okay. In Hindi, it would be like hamlok, like okay. together, okay. us, you know, so. Wow. That's the name ette, yeah. That makes, okay, that makes so much more sense now. Ette, okay. So, so this, was this the name you already thought of? Like? I never thought of, my wife and me, we just, uh, chit-chatting yeah. and we're thinking like hey we're gonna start this business and we'll put this much money six thousand four hundred with my cross leg across the wall i mean the wall what <laughs> you know that, that was that was a position literally i was in that time yeah. physically speaking yeah and then why do we call it a day because it just sounds very uniting okay. i mean is that even a word but unity was the concern okay surely fair enough that's okay Okay, so you 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 what you had this name for your company, and from the beginning of your company, mm -hmm. you were roasting coffee, <coughs> right? Right. Uh, and you roast. started and you started roasting in a pan, tarka pan, right? Spice roaster, spice roaster, tarka pan, the size of a palm. Wow. Right. I still have it. I mean, yeah. And how many grams could you roast in one? That will be around fifty grams, 50 grams? maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, oh, and and how long did it take? 
to Rust. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember to be honest because I didn't know that we'll have to watch the time. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to roast it, right? Until it's dark. Yeah, until it's dark. The oh, oil didn't come out yet. Yeah. Keep roasting. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, you can keep going. No, no, Crank no. up the volume. Yeah. Wow. That was yes. true. Yeah. But when you did that initially, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when you started the company, you were still roasting on the path. I mean, when I start the company, it's pretty tricky to say that because on 2nd of July 2016, when I said um, officially we are a company, mm-hmm. that was the time we don't uh, really have business business. Okay. Right? We have an open shop, we have an open roastery, nothing. Okay. It's just me roasting, uh, sell or no sell, just doing it. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's not like it was so much part of the business yet it's not like business business correct it went on for some time and most of the orders that came from friends family i would roast from there and give in the on the pan right yeah. then then because the the order got a little, little more i thought maybe um, you should I move should to a bigger move pan. to a bigger <laughs> pan and that happened to be my wife's oven which i gifted her as a birthday gift wow i so took it back and burned it nice <laughs> So, right. So we have another roaster um, based in Chennai. Oh. Uh, his name is Akshay. He he started this company <coughs> called as Kapikotai. Okay. All right. And uh, when he started, he's a, he's a professional musician. Oh. Okay. He's All a, right. He's a, he's a, he plays Chitravina. Wow. Okay. That yeah. looks like kind of sitar, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's a, one of the veena, so he plays it uh, and he sings as well. Wow. wow. And he roast. He started uh, the company by roasting in the oven as well. Wow, hi there. So, <laughs> yes, there's another person who did that. And, right. And, and this is pretty cool. So you used your uh, wife's oven, which you gifted her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you took it back and you, you started roasting right. it. Yes, I did that. And, and how long did you do that? Like for how many months or a year? Oh, I think until one year and seven to eight months, I guess. Well, so that was constantly just using the... And did you change anything in the roast? So, yes, um, very much. <laughs> I went on for most five, six, oh, no, wait, eight months, I guess, roasting just like that. And But one flow that I found out was I'll have to keep opening every now and then, so heat loss. So Correct. I thought heat is a problem, so it's getting a bit too long. Mm-hmm. And my wife suggested mm-hmm. you can get a rotisserie drum. So Correct. I'm like, where do we get? We don't find online. So we ordered from Taiwan yeah. and it took seven months to reach me. So oh. un- until then I have to wait and wait. I thought that's going to be revolutionary. I thought yeah. it reached and then ro- roasted. And yes, it does the, you know, the like a crank. It just okay. moves around. And so I don't have to stir. I don't have to keep opening. Yeah. The heat control is there. I can control the temperature a little better. Yeah. But the problem obviously is the airflow. Correct. So for those who are listening right now and did not understand what what rotisserie um, rotating meant, so basically in in the older ovens, in the OTG oven that you know, there is an option where you have a rotisserie fitting, which is basically just a pole at the ends and in the midsection you have something like a corrugated uh, drum. Now the entire thing goes round and round, so it basically... Uh, it's like your washing machine uh, going round but inside an oven so it kind of mimics like what a roaster does but inside an oven right right so you use that and then so you solve the problem of not opening again to stir too, it too often yeah but the challenge was still the airflow, airflow. 
yeah. because you had to get rid of the smoke yeah. uh, from inside the like oven, right? Get the fumes into the beans. Yeah. Correct. So, so what did you do with that? I mean, like, how did you? I think I couldn't find any solution. Okay. I wasn't really uh, making an effort to fix that issue. <laughs> So I was only praying for a proper roster. <laughs> yeah. So that's when you knew that, you know, you had to get a roster. I, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then, and did, did you know, like, where to get the roster from or did you have an idea? Yeah, by the time I've done my, a bit of my, you know, research and I found that there are a lot of good roasting machines out there. Mm-hmm. Probet was the first that I came across. Yeah. Then Gisen, Dobbers, um, Edister, and the name went on. I mean... Yeah. Then I found they're too expensive for me to be starting with 6,400, <laughs> jumping yeah. to that, you know, it was just insane for me. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking of where and how. Um, then I went to, to Gabi Shastra. Okay. This was in 2016? And, yes. Okay, 2016, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that was a time I already met a lot of great people. Okay. Uh, Raj, Dr. Basavaraj, Dr. Mandaba. Correct. And of course, a lot of um, uh, eminent personalities who came right. and shared what is available in the market and all that. And that was the time I came across even local roasting machine. And that was, I think that was the beginning of me like checking out uh, Indian uh, made roasters. Roasters. Okay. And then I found this guy, Panu, from okay. uh, Saud, and that's how. From Hassan. Yeah, from Hassan I bought. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's a that's a that's a TGL, right? TGI. TGI. Right? Top Brands International. Yeah, Top Brands International. Yeah. Thanks, Panu. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thank you very much for making Indian made roaster. Right? Yeah, Panu. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you got that. Yeah. Uh, how big is that roaster? Two kilo roaster. Two kilo roaster. But I roast always one point four to one point seven every time. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so from fifty grams in the pan. Right. You took that journey to one point five, one point seven. Oh wait, the oven. Oven is yeah. about 200 to 250 grams. So 50 grams, 250 grams, right? And then 1.4 kilos, right? And, so that's a huge and not to forget my oven roasting uh, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. I could roast two and a half kilo only. Wow! Right? Wow! <laughs> that's like that's a lot of work, and yeah. I think that's one of like an eye-opening um, insight as an entrepreneur, as a businessman. If you are a startup and you are getting a lot of work and you are getting overworked, please don't think you are making a lot of money. Correct. More overwork is not more business. Correct. It's just that you have to make sure that things have to be in place, Correct. system in place, or upgrade the technology. Or yeah. So yeah, I learned my, my lesson there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Uh, uh, so for those of you who, who are listening to this podcast. And if you know people in, in coffee industry, uh, so there's this guy called a Scott Rayo. Scott Rayo is like, he's the legend in the in the roasting industry, one mm-hmm. of the legends mm-hmm. that I know of. I remember uh, when he speaks about the roaster, mm-hmm. he always speaks about whatever capacity that you need. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, if your capacity is, let's say, a one kilo or two kilo right now, mm-hmm. and if you're looking to upgrade your roaster, or if you're going to buy the next roaster, Always buy three times your current capacity. <laughs> right. So if you if you are currently using a, a roaster that is let's say two kgs, mm-hmm. the next roaster that you should buy is not supposed to be three or four kgs. It has to be a minimum of six kgs. Mm-hmm. You should always aim for three times your current capacity, because by the time you get your new machine, and you are settled with the new machine, mm-hmm. 
your orders will automatically be increased true. to the third level. True, true. So he, I mean, he 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 asks the consumers to be thinking smart, very smart, because you always right. want to grow, and then by the time you are mm-hmm. in the next step, you already want to go into the third step. Right. So it's always good to go triple the quantity that you right. need. Right. Wow. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so coming back to you, I mean, so that's 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 a lot of time saved, right? It is. It is because from nine to six. six. That's nine hours of continuous roasting. And I, I by the time I already have one guy helping me, so two of us just churning out massive two kilo, two and a half wow. kilo in a day. In the, in the entire day. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading about Starbucks, the, the quantity they were churning out at the time in a yeah. day. Yeah. I now can't recall yeah. exactly, but... I'm sure it's in like thousands of kilos. Light years. Yeah, I'm sure. Friends. Wow, that's... Okay, so you've got the roaster. Uh, you got the roaster from Hassan. You... Uh, they shipped it here? Yeah, they shipped it. They shipped I mean, it. with much difficulty because they, with that, back then we didn't have any um, transport services, career or co- uh, even transport, yes, basically, yes. They didn't have service deal. Okay. Nagalan. Okay. Forget about Kohima. Wow. So they shipped only to Kohati and from there I'll have to worry. And so we'll have to engage the local shippers. Okay. And so it took ages. Wow. I think, I think they, the, the money we spend in shipping from Guwahati, which is just eight hours drive from here, yeah. was double or more than coming from Hassan to Guwahati. That's, a, that's one of the biggest challenges we have yeah. here in Northeast. That's the, the, the transport. The I mean. government should do something with yeah. the transport system. If not the government, some smart entrepreneurs should do something with this. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the government is listening, but if, I mean, if you know somebody, you can... Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, but that's 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 sad. I mean, that, I mean obviously that, that comes with a lot of hardship. Yeah. But so you got your roaster. Right. So when you got your roaster, did you know how to roast the roaster? Um I've already like done my own share of research on roasting. By the time I only didn't know the parts of it. I looked up on um, pictures of SEA roasting mm-hmm. parts and all that. So I kind of knew the parts and I already knew but it came in like different pieces and yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> they wouldn't be sending an engineer to fix, so you we'll will have, have to do fix, it yourself. We'll have to assemble it ourselves, but it wasn't really difficult. Okay. It's just almost like a plug and play. But yeah. then uh, the day one, um, the motor wouldn't work. So I'm like, um, it, what went wrong? I don't know. I called the guy and like, yeah. you, you get your engineer out there and fix it. I'm like, this is not Hassan, this is not Bangalore. Yeah, you don't get... Yeah. We, we don't get engineers, not yeah. even a simple uh, electrician. electrician. We wouldn't get. Yeah. So, I mean, I really had to pray hard. I mean, I had to detach the motor that get fixed to the crank with a bell on top, another crank that yeah. connects to the actual drum. Yeah. And that was like, I was super nervous about that. Yeah. But I had no choice. But to do it? Do it yourself. So I, I removed it, I, take it, I took it around, a lot of shops I have no idea where to fix this found a place where it's like a chunk yard yeah. that guy was willing to do fix it and so wow. we started working again okay. wow <laughs> <laughs> even putting putting it down was a big deal because we don't have cranes we don't have any uh, lever and yeah, mechanized it's heavy yeah and we have to do it manually lift correct I was crazy yeah and I can't imagine <laughs> if my shop is little on a higher elevation I'm, I'm a dead man correct walking on the street wow Wow. Okay. So you got it, and then you did all of these engineering stints on it. Rinse then. And you started, <laughs> I became an engineer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and then you started working yeah. on it. Right. So once you started roasting this roaster, 
Uh, we're just saving, I don't know, eight hours a day. I, I, uh, I mean, time-wise, yeah. it was crazy. After roasting, I, I'm jobless. Right? Okay. So I spent a lot of my time on learning more about the coffee. Okay. And because that was time, I'm also branding my build. Uh, mm. Sorry, building my brand. Yeah. <laughs> I just said branding my build. Yeah. Um, I spent a good amount of time on uh, uh, photography as well, because my background is photography. Correct. It was not very difficult for me, but yeah. I also have to know what to showcase. Yeah. I mean, I remember instance. I feel I, I look back at the picture on my Instagram post and I still cringe. Um, you know, I we bought a grinder. Yeah. And. Uh, I feel the hover to the like brim, full, yeah. full yeah. oily and shiny, and I took a picture of that. Today I look back on why did I do that? Because you're not supposed to fill your hover and leave it there yeah. sitting, you know. Yeah. So something like that. But somehow, uh, photography, visual wise, it was good. Yeah, technically, so technically yeah. it was wrong. But I, it's still there. I haven't yeah. deleted it. Yeah. So I mean, for those who I mean who do not know about this legend here or. About his brand, Ethi uh, Coffee. <laughs> Trust me, it is one of the best Instagram accounts related to coffee in India. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it is so amazing. And every second or third person that I speak with uh, around coffee, we have spoken about Ethi Coffee and we've spoken about the, the kind of images you put on Instagram. It's Thank so you. beautiful. I mean, it is, it is such an amazing thing. And uh, Thank you. It's, yeah, I mean, when I saw it in, in real life today, I mean, I was like blown away. It was so beautiful. Being modest. Being modest. No, it's so amazing. <laughs> right. Anyway, so yeah. So you started devoting time to the other aspects of yeah. building your brand. Right. Taking photographs. Packaging. Places, product, packaging. product designing. Yeah. We would buy from Suspec. But yeah. it takes ages to reach us. Yeah. And because it is from Gujarat. Yeah, I feel bad you're from Gujarat. <laughs> it takes ages to reach us that time. Yeah. Uh, now it's better, I guess, but yeah. back then it was really bad. Mm -hmm. And we already have um, a shopping site, shipping pan India. Imagine wow. the orders are piling up and our shipping, I mean, packaging pouches haven't arrived yet. Wow. So that was, again, the quest began for this, doing something locally on our own. So you found somebody. So. So I was busy working on around on that, and uh, so now we do everything in house. So you make your own packages? Yeah, the, that box generally is oh, wow. in house. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Nice. So okay, so you start doing that as well. Yeah, house. product design again. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, so when you started your internet uh, shopping, mm -hmm. uh, this was when two thousand seventeen. Sixteen. Day one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I told my friend Richard and he designed the website for me and we have this East Mojo, um, Insta Mojo yeah. who would give free, um, you know, I mean, pretty much free, you can yeah. just avail their gateways. Yeah. So we're, we're doing it straight wow. And so I have my, like I said, I have my iMac just sitting there doing nothing. So I crank up the volume, I turn on my internet, uh, open my page. Yeah. And wait. So when I sounds, I mean, when I hear the sound, oh, somebody, I know somebody just logged in. I'm, I I logged in and I would chat with them, give a live chat. You know, at least that gives them an idea. This is a big company. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like it's like one of those movies where you're the customer representative uh, guy is actually the owner of the company. It's like somebody's on the website and you have to talk. Yeah. That's a, wow, that's so cool. I mean, I would chat with them. Yeah. Uh, the moment I get the order 
I would rush to the kitchen and roast on my dagger band <laughs> and package it. <laughs> and my coffee used to be 70 rupees uh, for 150 grams back then. 70 rupees for 150 grams? Yes. So I, I, I'm the delivery boy myself. So I go to the speed post because I can't afford other delivery okay. services. And sometimes uh, it would be like 145 rupees shipping cost. Wow! And the shipping is free pan India. Wow! <laughs> so you are charging so, people 70 rupees for 150 grams. And then... And you have to pay for shipping. shipping cost. And I... So you're making loss. I knew it was a... I think it's a calculated loss. I was ready for that. Okay. And I was like buying my future. And so my, my... I think my wife, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure she asked me, I think. Uh, I would always say, whoever asked me, I'm like, I'm buying future sales. I think I was intentional about it. I was ready for it. So yeah. you knew that you were going to make loss and you were okay with it? Yeah, it's like a calculated loss. But. Wow. Okay. So, <clears throat> so when you got your roaster yeah. and you started saving time, but still <coughs> you were selling the coffee pan India, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. And it's the same cost? Like... When you were roasting on the pan and we were roasting on the roaster? Changed. We changed it. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly now, but I think we changed the price. Okay. So you went a little expensive? A little more expensive. Okay. Because I thought now we are getting, it's, it's like, it's yeah. doing justice. Correct. So better quality. Better, better quality. Yeah. Okay. And better. I know, now I know at least a um, good amount of information. You yeah. Know, I'm a little more pro yeah so you <laughs> can, you can my level of pro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you gotta pay the pro but you did you get a lot of orders from outside Nagaland? yeah surprisingly like i had a lot of orders coming from outside yeah, yeah. which like which were the main pretty things? much everywhere bangalore um delhi mumbai pune and other places i don't even frankly i don't even know oh. places wow. uh, up but you did not, at this point, you were not marketing on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook and Instagram was already there. But you were not marketing, right? Like you were not I wasn't doing any marketing. Paid promotion, nothing. No paid promotions, no sponsor, nothing. So they're just, they so just buying because they know about it. Yeah, somehow they just found it and they started, or they started ordering. I mean, like, even me, I didn't know that, wow. how that worked. This is, this is so cool, right? I mean, for, I felt so for a new company to start from I felt so good. Nagaland. Uh, which not a lot of people know, first of yeah. all, and then, and that this state is also giving coffee, and that's so cool that people from so many <coughs> different places are. Mm -hmm. Now, why did you stop delivering pan India? Yeah, I mean, good question. I think um, it was a good kind of shutting down. I mean, a good reason why we shut down the okay. shopping site. One, I was taken for surprise because the local demand was increasing. Okay. And to a point where the amount of raw material we're getting didn't tally with the demand. So you were going in deficit in terms of you don't have enough raw materials to roast coffee? And it was always in deficit because the raw material is too sh short. Okay. Always. Okay. And so then we thought maybe we'll focus more on local. And that also came with a little bit of um, influence was um, quality. Okay. In the sense, if I ship from here outside, I mean, like, if I buy anything from Delhi or any part of the India, it reaches here in one week or worst case, two weeks. But if it goes up from here, it's crazy. It like, takes more time. It will take months or two months. So wow. the, the customers receiving, I mean, 
you know, India as a whole, they're not very finicky about good, bad coffee. Yeah, so yeah. that was a saving grace. But the truth is, for those who have been like into coffee and they know coffee, I'm sure they'll curse us because it's, it's, all, it's all already all coffee okay. by the time it reaches. And even worse, till today, by the way, 2021, I'm speaking, if I have to ship to Imphal, Manipur, yeah. right, and I go through a courier system, yeah. service, I mean, I would have to first send them and they would send to Timapur on the way to Guwahati and they would send back to Timapur, they would send back to Kohima, then only it goes back to Imphal. What a shame, India. Wow. What a shame. Why? Even, even now. Because in, in the whole of notice, Guwahati is the only hub. The hub. So they have the first so register. So it has to go hub. to the hub first before it gets dispatched. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Nagaland and Manipur and other states are not even existing on this earth. Because it's just Kuwaiti. Because, uh, yeah, people. I mean, when I was purchasing my equipment, yeah. uh, my, my starting from my camera gears and then my coffee machines and all that, I mean, people just think that notice, okay, we send a notice. I mean, how do you do that? So my espresso machine was sent to Northeast. I said Naglen. But said notice. I mean Pejahe, notice me Pejahe. Done. Right? But yeah, so the, for them notice is Guwahati. I mean so everybody thinks the notice is the same. So it came to Guwahati and it went to Aiswell. And I called up the guy and say, I mean it just went to as well, all the way to, down to as as well. And they're like, but that's a notice now. Yes, of course. Then that's it. I'm like, I mean I said I'm in Mumbai, then why would you send to Delhi and say it's yeah, India? Yeah. It can't be that, right? Wow, that's that's so, so stupid. Eh? Even so the stupid. one who was selling they were a little ignorant and the system is as such altogether. So we always had a struggle. and then in the whole of notice they have only one hub, Kohati. Wow. So it's like a hell for the rest of us. And a lot of things have improved, I must say, the thanks to delivery guys, Gatti and a lot of blue dart and a lot of uh, other services. Mm-hmm. Even now, well, if I have to send the Imphal, it's still the same thing. Go to Guwahati, come back to me, and then we go to wow. Imphal. Wow. Okay, so so your local consumption was increasing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you wanted to be more quality conscious. Right. And uh, because the raw material, or let's say the green coffee beans that you're getting, right. was of a limited <clears throat> quantity, mm-hmm. so you had to take that call of not delivering the coffee pan India. Right. Correct. Right. Now, that means, A, you are only getting a quantity of the green beans that you want. I mean, suppose, let's say you want a thousand kilos, mm-hmm. which is good enough for your consumption right. in, in, in Nagaland. Right. Okay. Right. Now, if you want to be able to fulfill mm-hmm. orders outside Nagaland, mm-hmm. you would require 1.5 tons, for example. Right, right. So is it difficult to get that extra green beans? I think when, we, when we first started, yeah. um, 2016, I think it was much lesser than today. Correct. So, and then um, a lot of farms we had to discover over the time. Okay. And we didn't a lot of source too. And there were already people who were coming to buy uh, from outside Nagaland, but we never knew. Um, one thing I must also mention is, I mean, this everyone agrees here in Nagaland that coffee, everybody thought it was a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was planted in the 80s, mm-hmm. thanks to the government for doing that amazing job. Mm-hmm. But obviously back then, um, we were also not, the citizens were not proactive 
mm-hmm. in doing the business. So everybody thought there's no market. And so for the rest of us, Nagas, um, they just left, abandoned in the wild. Oh, okay. And only few can, kept on going. Okay. And um, the coffee board identified all this and they have been doing business. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when we first got into it, obviously finding a more green coffee was a big challenge. Challenge. And even o- over the time, uh, because we're not the only one buying, so um, it's, it was difficult always. Yeah. So do people outside Nagaland also buy <coughs> Nagaland coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, as I remember, uh, uh, they go by the name Coffee Board. So our farmers here only know that, okay, Coffee Board came and bought it. Correct. But when I was in Gavishastra, I was told, I mean, it's not Coffee Board who buy. They're only helping, you know, connect. Somebody to connect. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I was a little confused. I mean, because back people always say it's only the coffee board and we have to wait for weeks or months to get our money money so then I that gave me the idea that there's already people who are buying if not okay. directly then okay. it's true yeah wow. yeah so so it was very difficult for you initially to get hold of good coffee from a right. different different places in Nagaland right? right right wow and then slowly you I mean you find your sources and you get good coffee right. Um, do you think Nagaland produces good coffee? I mean, the the uh, inherent character. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's a very good quality, but quality I, I look at two two different things. One is the inherent character, quality as in the character, mm-hmm. but other is in the way we handle and the way we process it. Correct. So the inherent character wise, we have it. But processing side, uh, we still lack. Okay. Yeah. So the quality in that sense is bad. Okay. And uh, so when you when you started this company, mm-hmm. you were always sure that you were going to procure your coffee beans just from Nagaland. Um, I mean, I I never gave it thought. Right. First off, I had no idea about coffee. I just started. But one thing I was very clear yeah. is one also is also to. Um, it's very tricky to start this, this this conversation because one reason why I moved out of the system to get into a private sector is also because in Nagaland the context is as such people are there's a gold rush for a government job correct and then there are year on year there are lacks of graduates correct. educated unemployed people, yeah who are unemployed correct. it's like an oxymoron <laughs> educated but unemployed. Mm. And so then, I mean, with the government's initiative, with mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, yeah, encouraging people to work private sector and all, yeah. I, I also thought like, maybe it's, it's a good time to encourage each other. Um, we will also be part of the system, meaning we'll move out of the conventional way of doing the job and mm-hmm. get into private sector. Mm-hmm. And so inspire each other. And the only way to encourage one another is if, we can do something out of uh, coffees or any product mm-hmm. out of among I mean like grown in Nagaland or by the Nagas in Naga areas. Okay. So then over the time, yeah, that's it. We are doing only Naga coffee. We really love to try good coffee from outside. Okay. I mean, so for our trial, we 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 get coffees and people who come coming from outside they bring good coffees. We also buy sometimes to enjoy good coffee, uh, but because we committed to only sell um, 
like a coffee. Okay. Yeah. So just sourcing the stuff. I mean, which is good in a way because I mean that's where you are also promoting the Naga coffee, right? And I, I believe so. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's good, and I mean, and the coffee that I, the coffee that we had today was I, mean, I like the coffee. Wow. And, Means uh, a lot. And honestly, the last time that I tried your coffee, I did not like it. Ah, we were bad. <laughs> uh, no, because <laughs> no, because uh, I remember I tried it at least at least two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I remember my my colleague from my last uh, job. He he was traveling to northeast, okay. and he came back with a box of ethic coffee. Hmm. And I I, and I clearly remember that packet because that packet was so good. Okay. And it was and it's black. Right. Like your nickname, my like, like everything black. I mean, it was black. It was ethnic <laughs> coffee, and it was like uh, my friend is laughing at me right now. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 Nagaland, and for me, Nagaland was like a new mm-hmm. new territory at that point. Exactly. And like I've never tried Naga coffee. Okay, this is interesting. Okay. But when I opened the pack, and when I got the coffee, it's very dark. Yeah. It was very dark, and I was like, okay, this is this is coffee. This is not the kind of coffee that I like. I know, Simple I as that. I mean, that's how I looked at it. I get it. And uh, <clears throat> today when I drank it, I mean, it was really nice. I mean, I, I liked it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, plus your first time, I mean, he did an amazing job. It's uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell So, I mean, I like the coffee and I, and I, and I really would love people to try Naga coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely I would want them to uh, experience this for sure. I mean, right. We have this another amazing state in the country, which also produces coffee, right. which also roasts coffee, right. and it is it is pretty good. Okay. Uh, so I mean, for those people, what do they do? Do they travel to Nagaland and taste the coffee? Yeah, I think a lot of people come over saying, "I came from this place, that place." And yeah. we have even Israel people, Israelites, mm-hmm. um, Italian, Japanese. Pretty much from everywhere, even Scandinavian people, they come. Wow. And when they come, they drink at least seven cups in a stretch. And wow. Um, yeah, I mean, because they're just consumers, they're not experts for yeah. the most part. They don't really give us a post, I mean, like helpful feedbacks as such. Um, but they're also experts who come. Yeah. Um, they would also uh, taste, taste the coffee and give coffee constructive and, feedback. Yeah, some they do. Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about like now that you're, you've taken a step above and you are now controlling the quality. <clears throat> right. Uh, and now you have two cafes in the city, correct? Yeah. You have two cafes, which is situated in uh, in Kohima. Right. In two different areas. Right. Uh, and how many staff do you have now in total? Um, we would like to include everyone who is helping um, build this brand. Mm-hmm. That includes the advisory board members, IT, uh, creative team, and mm-hmm. everyone combined, we are 21, 22 now. Wow. But the main workhorse is seven of us. Seven? The seven. main workhorse, yeah. And who are these seven people? Like? So there are the baristas, roasters, the hospitality, baking. Nice. And, yeah. Me, the, the CEO is always a jogger. You go everywhere <laughs> to the manual work, dirty job. Then next moment you show up in suited with it. Yeah. Next time you're sweeping. <laughs> that's the fun that's, part about being a, a CEO. Yeah, the person being a CEO of a small company. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so I mean, so two things from here. I mean, now that you have set up proper coffee shops, mm-hmm. uh, but did the people of the local people of Nagaland 
were they used to of drinking coffee? No, not at all. In the morning you wake up and you ask, had your tea, you never say, had your coffee, had your coffee. And it's a way of greeting people, by the way. Mm -hmm. So coffee was out of the picture. Yeah. So when you started a cafe, did you start a coffee shop or did you start the roastery just before? I started off with a roastery. Okay. I just with the idea of just roast and power up cafes or um, straight away to the end consumers. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of people started to, uh, like, they were ignoring about uh, the natural coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's weird for me to even use the word natural coffee because it's not an alternative name. It's coffee is just coffee. It's just coffee, yeah. But because of the instant coffee idea in the past, people would put our ground coffee onto a topping onto an Indian chai and they're like, hey, it's not dissolving. I'm like, <laughs> then to have residue or... So I think we also felt that maybe we should do something, start brewing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, because when we are selling it to the cafes, we want to first try, run a test, mm -hmm. how it works on our mm -hmm. espresso, on siphon, on pour-overs, on French press and all that. So we do have, and we, yes, we need it. So we bought, we are doing it. So we thought, why not start allowing people to test our coffee from here? So we called it Educational Center. Okay. I mean, because my intention, our intention was never coffee shop or okay. business. Okay. So people walk in and they're like, they look at our roasting machine and they're like, is this where you make pizza? You get pizza? And, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the coffee roasting machine and they don't get it because they haven't heard of like coffee. Yeah. Do you roast coffee really? You know, I just thought it just... I mean, like we think it, that it looks like a pizza oven. <laughs> okay. Like from outside, if you don't open it, <laughs> right. oh, is it a pizza oven? Yeah. Do, you, do you put the pizza inside? No, we roast coffee. But coffee, okay. Yeah. So imagine when you say roast the coffee, people are like, do you roast? I mean, anyway, we, we, we would like to think that it falls from the sky just like that. And mm. you start. <laughs> I mean, just being sarcastic. But yeah. the truth is, like, we haven't heard of people roasting coffee. Right. So we thought it's a powder you put in the water, it just dissolves. Becomes coffee. Yeah, it becomes yeah. coffee. So yeah. we don't get the picture of like a roasted Correct. and then beans and ground. So yeah. yeah, and then so later part people um lot a lot more people came in. And so then we'll have to start uh, working on our menu board and mm -hmm. start charging them. Yeah. So then we're like, I don't know how to charge. I know I've seen in um cities yeah. um I've been to already by the time I've been to third wave. Yeah. Uh, I looked up to these guys, uh, yeah. blue to guy, third wave yeah. and flying square. Yeah. And I think not many were there other than this. Correct. I might be wrong, but in back in 2015, 16. Yeah, these were the main names. Yeah, yeah, they're the main names. So I know how they price, um, mm. but it can't be the same here. Because it's, it would be too expensive. For yeah, one, know. there is not a direct tax. Yeah. So it would be injustice if I charge the same. But also the amount of effort we give, uh, it's, we would like to say we work towards a specialty coffee and if this is the case then again we can't charge too less mm. but we did so I mean for a lot of people it's like um, big eye mm. and rolling you know, how comes a cup of coffee suddenly from 10 rupees to 100 plus yeah yeah so we know they are because we are from here mm -hmm. we know our own people so well they come look at our menu and they're like, it's expensive. Yeah. Good thing our people are not very um, uh, pushy. Yeah. They don't just speak right on your face. They would just quietly drink and say anything about you. At the and back. Cool. Maybe, oh, yeah. So, but then that's how we started selling. 
And slowly and slowly we added up chair after chair. We don't have table, we still don't have. We yeah. just love to keep it only chairs and chairs. Yeah. And after two years only we put up our signage by the way. So it <laughs> speaks a lot about I know our wow. show idea. Wow. Okay, so you started this educational center. Mm-hmm. Slowly, slowly started serving people and charging people, so it slowly became a cafe. Mm-hmm. Well, and when did you think was the right time to open a second cafe? Right, so um, it was on the third year anniversary of our okay. at the coffee. Okay. Um, we thought, I mean, like a lot of people kept on saying, you know, your place is a bit too far for us. So people who have a ride, um, and uh, it's understandable, like if you're working in the States, mm. you just came home. Mm. Obviously, we don't expect you to have a car of your own, okay. and the city sleeps by five or four, four to five. Yeah. So no taxis, nothing. Okay. And how do we come and drink? And we open till eight. It's up there and up and running out there, but they can't reach. Correct. So, oftentimes people we re- receive messages from people. Why didn't you open this side of the town? Mm. Uh, so we were also thinking a lot, but we just don't want to rush into it. But we also thought maybe it's time we do, and it'll be a good experience too. Mm. So that's I think that's how we, we don't have much, you know, blueprint and plan as such. But you thought that's just a good idea. idea. Yeah, I feel like it just yeah. unfolded on its own. Nice. Like, yeah. Those yeah, it just happened at the right point, I guess. Yes, I should say. Yeah, yeah. it is the right time. So one interesting thing uh, when I, when 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 I look at the the, the scene in Nagaland and comparing it to the other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget other cities. I talk about myself. I mean, I get up at seven or eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have my breakfast at nine. Okay. I have my lunch at around one or two o'clock. Okay. And then I have tea or coffee or something like that at four or five. Mm-hmm. And then I have my dinner at nine. Wow. When I came to Nagaland. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> so I remember, I mean, I was at, uh, at, uh, at Farmer Square talking with Atsi and... Just casually, mm-hmm. just talking about right. like the day, and she was like, "Yeah, we, I mean, people get up here at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. They have breakfast, tea. Mm-hmm. They have lunch at around seven or eight seven in the morning. Eight. Yes, and they have another tea or probably something at one o'clock, and mm-hmm. they have Time. yeah dinner. They have like four o'clock in Three, the afternoon. Four, five, yeah, and they sleep by seven o'clock. Seven, eight, yeah. Wow, that is so different." I mean, for me, it is different because it is. I mean, I mean for true. people living here, it's, it's it's how the normal is. Right. So, in this situation, what what is the time that people come for coffee? It's very tricky. It's okay. a very small community. Oh, we can even sense if there is a wedding going on, just one wedding. Mm. You could see a lot of people coming out. I mean, you go to town, mm-hmm. and. It, you're, you're sure to be found by everyone who came to town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, you came to town and I wasn't there. means I have met you, you know? Okay. That small is the town, first uh, of all. Okay. So, uh, dynamics can really surprise you. Yeah. You would expect like today we're not going to have many people, maybe because there's some festival going on. It could be the other way around. Okay. And that makes up of our day, like uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, yeah. they would just come in groups and times. Wow. So there is a pattern, like for ours, not even a single customer. Yeah. And when they start to come, bang, boom. bang, bang, and no more seat, they just go back and all that. Wow. So it's a good thing. I mean, as a business owner, I'm like, oh, okay, 
you know, it will think <laughs> a lot of people are showing up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, next time I better come a little early, you know. So, so like for, for like in this situation, I mean, normally what time do you open your cafe? We currently, after the pandemic, uh, before, prior to that, we had different timing. But as of now, 10 a.m. to 6 in the main town, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. to 7 yeah. towards this side where okay. our roastery is. Uh, this is in the roastery is in which, which area? So I must say it's like between the Kohima town and the new um, Kohima sort of. Okay. So towards this is where the entire government offices are moving. Okay. So it's a new settlement area going on. Okay. So there's a transition between these two. Okay. So outskirt it used to be, but I don't think it's anymore outskirt. Outskirts. Yeah. Because the entire city is expanding. So. Right. So the whole people living in the main town that pass through this place and goes to work and come back. You ah. remember how the entire population only work in the government sector? Yeah. So they pass this place, go back. So. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. And before pandemic, what was the time? The time uh, we started. Oh, it's very tricky. When we first started, by the way, first timing we gave was five to eight. Morning five. Evening. Evening five. Five to, to eight. eight. That's and, it. And yeah, that's it. People are like, what? 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 What is that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> People sleep at five, and you want to open from there to eight. And and every uncle came and said, um, "Don't feel bad, but anything funny going on here, you know, because people sleep." By the time and you are opening that time. Oh so, wow! Okay, that is such a yeah. So, a so that time my goal was because anyway I had no plans of starting a cafe or coffee shop. I was like, I mean I'm a Christian. I'm a I'm a believer, and mm. I'm like, if you don't divert the energy of the young people to somewhere decent where they can hang out, then surely they're gonna go elsewhere. That is true. So coffee is like a decent place. Mm-hmm. You can talk sense. You can be. Um, chill I mean you can come drunk it's okay no no issue you can smoke and come but this is one place um, I mean how funny can you get <laughs> so, so, so I, I, in my mind I'm like this is I mean we're doing something good maybe yeah so that's how we started and later part we would open from 12 to 8 okay 12 to and 11 to 7 okay for the main town okay after pandemic we changed from morning Oh, okay. 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 Nice. Interesting. Very tricky to work around the time here because the work culture. I think your business are in a in a in a uh, coffee industry is pretty much relational with the work culture. What is the work time like? Like for example, if if we speak about the government jobs, what is the work timings? This is one question you should only ask in private. <laughs> okay. Because officially. Officially, no. The time when the officer came from ATI asked us what time should we be working from what time till what time. Okay. I don't know if this should be on the podcast, but nobody knew the time. Wow. None of us. Okay. Um, some were right, but a little extra. Okay. Uh, extra hour. But basically, we're looking at nine to four. Uh, summer and winter is different. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, these days, the government servants, I mean, hats off to them. They go early. They come even late. So my respect to them. But most part, they still go very late. Yeah. Um, reach by 11, 12 mm-hmm. and come by 1.32 or 1.3. Wow. We are restless. Wow. Um, but again, I would 
I want to reiterate those yeah, yeah, people yeah. who are working sincerely, my respect goes to them. Yeah, and there are a lot of uh, people, officers yeah. out there who are working like, genuinely. Uh, but you see, like, because you start nine and you come back by three, four, that is the only time there is business going on. Correct. Yeah, in between or before they reach or while they're coming. Correct. Other than that, no more business. Correct. correct. We don't have any private sector going on. Correct. No night shift for businesses. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty challenging. Okay. Yeah. Okay, coming back to your... So, I, I know when I saw your... Uh, cup mm -hmm. and when I saw your brand logo mm -hmm. um, there is a tagline that is attached to Ete Coffee right right what does the tagline say justice a cup justice a cup right and what what does that mean I mean I'm a very hardcore patriot <laughs> and um, if you know the history of Naga in India mm -hmm. we um, I mean, we would love to say we are not India Indian and there has been a lot of a political mm -hmm. um, issue out of these two countries. Yeah. And um, a lot of things happen Correct. which I don't have to spell out. And Correct. So I would like to think that I'm not Indian and, and all that. So I'm a patriot, no doubt. So um, it used to be that I was resentful. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I had my idea of seeking justice came from a negative space. Okay. But over the time, I realized I was wrong. Hmm. That's not how we seek justice at the expense of somebody else again. Correct. So for me, justice over the time became love, mm -hmm. love, forgiveness and love. And love is God. Yeah. And so seeking justice. Seeking justice. Right. With love. With love. Okay. And you have different elements to it? So under the justice, now... We would like to break them down um, in a more practical way. Mm -hmm. So we have five thematic areas where we seek justice. Okay, so five different areas where you're seeking justice. Right. Okay, and what are these five areas? Uh, number one being the farmer. Okay. The farmer, they're the integral part of our industry. Okay. The entire coffee spectrum, they are the integral part. Correct. So first off, we want to um, educate, uh, motivate, mm -hmm. and lead. And so we have this EML network. E-M-L. Yeah, okay. educate, motivate, and lead. Okay. Um, here's where we'd like to um, share our knowledge with them. Okay. Oh, by the way, when I speak about education on the coffee, I must also, um, I should uh, make a mention of this, that the Department of Land Resources, they are also aggressively doing the education part. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of training going on. Mm -hmm. um, there's a massive work going on. Yeah. We're just a small part of it. Edigofi is just a tiny little part of it, but um, coming to us now, EML is a network, we call it a safety network. Okay. Because if a farmer is ignoring and somebody just come and buy it and exploit them mm -hmm. in terms of pricing and mm -hmm. all that, uh, they don't know how to look up to international pricing. Mm -hmm. even, even if I tell them, go to Coffee Board of India website, market info and contact a price, they wouldn't know. Correct. And then besides, coffee is sometimes, it can be more than commodity. It can mm -hmm. be sold as a commodity or it can be more than that too. There is no correct. price tag to it. Correct, correct. So then how do we achieve that? So we follow certain protocols like the sustainable way of doing things, more human touch, mm -hmm. no more stripping, no automation. It's basically 
very artisanal. Mm -hmm. So we educate, we motivate them, and we help them market branding. These are the areas we can also venture into it. Yeah. And I feel like this wouldn't go um, forever because we are not a charity organization and we don't take help from any agency, mm -hmm. neither government or NGOs. Mm -hmm. um, but because we want to grow together, and so through this email network, whoever registered, we pay them double the international price. Wow. So when at that point when they say the price was 145, we pay double. 210, then we pay double. That what that's what we've been doing. Uh, of late, we just increased by hundred, which is not exactly double. So for twenty ten, we pay twenty ten. So I mean, so I don't know. So for those who are listening right now, I mean, the international price is the C price. The C price you can you can I mean anybody can go to the Coffee Board of India website and and check what the daily C price is. So an average uh, current daily C price is around two hundred ten rupees per kilo for Arabica. So here, when 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 Lee Chan is buying from the farmers, he's paying hundred rupees extra, extra on yeah. top of the C price, right. because you want to seek justice, seek justice for farmers. Right. That is, you're paying honorably, to honorably to the person farmer. who is growing your coffee. Right. Wow. So that's uh, in a way of saying uh, seeking justice, and nobody should exploit them. Correct. I think no party should come and exploit them in any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the first justice, and the second one is our resources. Um, Naglen is has always been like blessed with a lot of flora and fauna, a lot of um, natural reserves. Mm -hmm. um, people, my hometown is known as land of plenty. Okay. But what have we produced? Nothing. Okay. Um, because a roadblock it happens for the past one week, mm -hmm. and we ran out of fuel. Wow. So I was freaking out because the next week I'm traveling far yeah. and I don't have fuel. What if anything happens with sickness, do hospitals, how do we even, you know, travel? Correct. Uh, and, and, you know, the blog comes with our ration too. Yeah. Pandemic happened, no more cars coming and there's no, no more food. And yeah. that's when people start going back to the village and start growing and start foraging. Um, it's pretty messed up and even we do have a lot of good amount of flora mm -hmm. but again not even the single pharmaceutical companies so if the source are cut off from outside the world because of any political reason it could be or it could be natural calamity mm -hmm. rot blockade I mean, we don't have even medical services Correct. I mean in the sense of uh, the drugs yeah. pharmacies yeah. and this just to cite an example endless other things mm -hmm. not even a single thing we produce mm -hmm. and when we're blessed with all these resources to not to make an optimum profit mm -hmm. out of this mm -hmm. I feel like we're not doing justice okay so that's when uh, we want to do a value addition mm -hmm. put as much value we can and make an optimum profit out of this mm -hmm. and because the coffee industry is as such there is a ripple effect mm -hmm. so a day coffee could be doing this but people that is that are involved and the other businesses from where we get the business done, mm -hmm. our business done from, mm -hmm. they also get blessed too. Mm -hmm. So more and more of this sort of um, um, companies value addition should come up and that's our way of saying seeking justice to our resources. Okay. So instead of like, yes, um, if there's a lot of uh, surplus, there should be an export. 
but currently, like I said, the local consumption is so high. Mm, um, that you have a deficit. Yeah, we are. We, the resources are deficit, so we can think of optimizing the profit and maybe become more sustainable, mm-hmm. more sustained ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a way of saying seeking justice to our resources. Resources. And then comes the employee. Okay. There's a third one. Third one. <clears throat> the third one is like um, one of the many reasons for those of uh, us who don't know what it means to be in the private sector in Nagaland. It is such, um, it's like a shame word if you are working in a private sector. Yeah. If you say we are with the government, you just get your position, social positioning, just... Regardless takes, of what you work in the government yeah, sector. And regardless of what position you are working yeah. in, if you are with the government, uh, you just get elevated to, you know... You get a higher regard. Yeah, and then you get the spotlight straight on. Okay. But if but you are working in... Private sector, you're like, yeah, down you're out, and you're like, I hope you are trying for your exams for the government job, or uh, they're like, it's okay, business is also okay. They try to start to be very sim- sympathetic. supportively, but not exactly sympathizing, yeah, sympathizing, not empathetically. Yeah. So then you get the vibe, it's it can be really socially um, daunting. So, um and this, this, these are like a lot of other things. There's a social conditioning. There, there is also an educational conditioning. A lot of things that um, actually accumulates to the way we are today, the way we see um, private sector. But one of the many reasons, I believe, is also the salaries. The yeah, salaries are insane. I mean, meaning too less, underpaid, highly qualified people. We, we employ young people at their age of about 20 to 30. And that's the best time a person can have, Correct. right? For learning, for energy-wise, and you use their, 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 the best time of their lives, and they don't have any saving at the end of the day. Because they don't get paid. They well. don't get paid well. They hardly, you know, manage to pull it through. So, for me, that is not justice. Okay. We have to pay them sustainably, honorably. Correct. Sustainably, because with that they should have a saving, they should build their family in the future. And honorably, because once you have the money, you know, just setting an example, you had your cousins come together, you are out at a KFC, and you stand up and say, it's like, hey, you know, it's on me. And that itself kind of shifts the position. Correct. And what does he do? He works with the private sector. Oh, okay. So... So you you're know, changing the image. It changed the images yeah. and the way you see private sectors suddenly change. So I, I believe more and more private sectors, the business owners, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they should, but if they do, that will really help our society too. Okay. This is more than business. This is a fight. Yeah. Okay, just to put in perspective for people who are listening, normally in the private sector, mm-hmm. uh, if somebody <coughs> was starting up, um, as a new job, mm-hmm. um, let's say as a waiter, how much would he or she earn? Two thousand to three thousand here in in my state. Really? Yes. I mean, per month. There are also some uh, uh, hotels and they pay well. I'm sure. Sure. Okay. But on an average. On an average. Two thousand. That is per month. Yeah. Per two thousand to three thousand rupees per month as a waiter, wow. and managers get paid five at the most eight. Wow. Most part. I mean. Again, some would be yeah, there are some who pay yeah, well. Sure, yeah. So I mean, that's when uh, we decided not um, doesn't matter what job profile it is. 
it starts from the 10k in the minimum my, is 10k minimum is 10k in my business wow um to be paying that much for us i know for a lot of people out there it means nothing but for a small business like us and a place like in i'm Lovely, sure it does uh, it means a lot to it's us hard, so yeah. that is also our way of saying seeking justice in the way we do um you know em- employment here yeah. and to change the narrative of doing employment in Ireland. wow that's, um, yeah, that's great. That's really great. I mean, it's, I know it's, it's, I'm sure it would not be a very easy decision. It is. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's really Yeah, great. decision, I mean, uh, it was like when we first really working out on this, yeah. we really had to struggle because our, you know, the revenue that you can generate. Correct. And at the end, you're going to pay this and nothing's left. Yeah. C- CEO don't have a salary. <laughs> Just a name. Yeah. So that's, that's when like you bear the big signage of CEO and you're invited to an event. You are supposed to be have like why well, throw the party actually. Yeah. It says it's on me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, have, don't have that. But that's when I make sacrifices. I've been cut off socially for more than ten years. Wow. I think I'm finally surfacing, and a lot of people, thanks to different group people, who have been. Know, speaking for me, they give me an opportunity to speak in different places. If not for that, I'm socially cut off. I mean, that's a sacrifice me and my wife we decided to take, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So that's about wow. that. So that's a third justice. Justice. What is the fourth and the fifth justice? Um, the fourth is, I would like to call it education. Okay. Also, um, employability. Okay. Or employability. Okay. So. What I mean by this is, uh, you see how the education system um, in India as a whole was designed 200 years ago yeah. to be in the clerical line of job. Correct. And so if you're a graduate or postgraduate, you don't just become employable. Correct. I happened to do my uh, research on this while I was studying, so it really helped me. Mm-hmm. I was doing on employability of youth in Mumbai. So I got to learn that our education system is not designed to... Uh, become employable but the good thing is yes it does help you leverage your ability to absorb and go learn another thing but Correct. the point here is you spend a huge amount of money on your college only to go for another training Correct. so I thought it can be incorporated in that college itself where you become employable I mean that's something the system might have to change yeah I think in a lot of the streams that we study mm-hmm. It is not a very hands-on or skill-based learning, True. right? I True. mean, it is. I mean, there's, there's a lot that we learn, but I mean, I, I remember earlier in the day we were discussing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't learn skills that could be useful, right, on a day-to-day life yeah, right. at school or in college. Yes, absolutely. Which is so stupid. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I might sound wrong, but mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, right. I remember we spoke about, I mean, just take coffee, for instance. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when I when I started making the podcast, I have mm-hmm. mentioned about it, but that I come from hotel graduation right. uh, course. Mm-hmm. Hotel graduation means we learn about food and beverage. Mm-hmm. We learn about, we, technically, everybody thinks that we learn everything about food and everything about beverage. Right. There are courses which runs from a year to four years. Mm-hmm. And in that four years course, we learn two lines about coffee. Wow. That's it. Right. And I'm sure it is like that. Thank you, thank you for scaring all the people out there <laughs> who are going to pursue hotel management. 
And I, what I mean is like, I mean, there's so much more that we can learn. I mean, I hear you, right? Right, I'm sure. So, so what do you do in terms of employability and education? So what we do is like we save up 10% of our proceeds to sponsor young people who want to get trained in terms of skills development mm -hmm. so that they become employable. Currently, like um, a couple of our employees who are already working with uh, us together, we have, uh, they got a benefit of that. So we hired professional shave to train. Uh, we spend quite a amount of time on, you know, and, and also the money used on them. And once they are employable, we hire them and they become part of us. But in the future, we just hope and hope that, you know, we will have more revenue coming in and if we can generate more fun out of this. So we, we, we call this uh, EYF, Employability of Youth Fun. Okay. So with this, we want to sponsor young people out there. They don't have to return anything. They don't have to come back to work with us. One day, we just want to help people who genuinely want to equip themselves mm -hmm. to become employable. And another prayer, and it's more like a, you know, wish is like, I just wish the, the education system take coffee as part of the curriculum yeah, in the college itself, in yeah. the school itself, how to plant, probably even barista. Yeah. So when they finish their, their college, they're already employable. They are employable. Yeah. They might need to brush up uh, a few know, things. A yeah, they yeah, are, yeah. But they're almost pretty much ready. Correct. So, um, so yeah. every, every sale that happens in your company right, right now, right whether it's a cappuccino or whether or it's a bag of coffee, 10% of that sale goes to this particular fund. EYF. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Wow. And what is the fifth justice? So the fifth justice is the cup, obviously. Okay. Uh, we are... Um, here's the thing. Um, people confuse us for charity organization. Yeah. We speak so much of social. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, social entrepreneurship. So people always get confused, but here's the thing. Uh, oftentimes people with good heart, with a great vision ends up there. But how about really getting it down, getting so finicky about your work, get, meaning very professional, not mm -hmm. compromising on the quality and all that. So um, uh, we, I personally had a membership on, with SEA some three and a half years ago. And that's when I started to see the world. Um, there are a lot of people from across the world that share their research paper, mm -hmm. the finding on why this temperature for this coffee is 70, 60, 55 to 65 degrees for yeah. SCA in most yeah. part, and all that. So, but then the challenge was um, to, in order to make this um, easier for people to understand why we say justice in the cup. Uh, for instance, when we first started, for two years or almost three years, people come in and they find that our coffee is too cold. And you know how the media have played their part saying steaming, piping, scalding hot. Yeah. That's how coffee should look like. It's the novelist, thanks to them, <laughs> and the Hollywood. So people come... Piping hot, piping, cup of coffee. Piping, steaming hot. Yeah. Yeah, scalding yeah. is also the next line. <laughs> so they come in with that expectation and they find that the coffees are cold, especially if it's male coffee. Mm -hmm. People, we had customers walking up to tell us like, you guys need to learn how to make coffee. Mm -hmm. and, and people would make a review saying that um, everything was good. The, they, coffee was the coffee, they need to improve. And we're like, we do only coffee. We don't sell even food. At that time, <laughs> we didn't even sell pastries. Only coffee we did. And they are saying they need to you improve, know, the improve on the coffee. Yeah. So um, 
thanks to them that that kept us always challenged to do more to do better yeah and so what that means is we have lost a lot of customers i'm sure they wouldn't come back mm. these people don't know coffee this is bad coffee mm. and uh, we are like when we are starting up a business even single cup matters like Correct. oh we just lost that money one person right <coughs> we, we're counting them yeah. uh, so we know they're coming back again and yeah. we're like oh we just lost the customer yeah. but do whatever it takes yeah. do what is right to so make even, every cup perfect right so even if it means losing money do whatever is right because we realized this when we first um, started to understand the coffee scene we realized that uh, whatever we present to our people because they have not seen or have tried in a coffee except for few who live outside mm. majority is like haven't seen beans mm. and all that so whatever coffee we serve that's the picture they will have it forever down the, gener the generation to come yeah. um, they will always think this is the coffee this is the real this is the actual coffee, coffee. so imagine we we present uh, in one of your podcasts you mentioned um, so it's more like a repetition but um, if we present a bad coffee today and they are used to with this one day when they get to try good coffee yeah. they will think that the good coffee is bad and correct, they think correct. that the bad coffee is good oh yeah yeah that's true or an, or a, another one another way of looking at this is we will be doing this and we'll be making a lot of money doing it the wrong way yeah. one day somehow somewhere people will come to know that we were doing it wrong then yeah. they will be like hey if they go free they have been cheating us all this while we didn't know that could also happen actually correct, correct, correct. so this is a big huge responsibility on our part as a pioneer yeah so that's when we cannot afford to miss this part and also there is in a coffee industry there's a machine that make money mm -hmm. and a lot of machine that doesn't make money yeah and you want your coffee to be really good and make money you better invest on the machines that doesn't make money <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know you you invest a lot of that you know my coffee lab is in a small box i tuck it away underneath my bed <laughs> and we have coffee lab and people wouldn't know what is inside i know it's not like it's, it's a it's not a very you know expensive equipment so whatever i have is very cheap and all that but in a small business like ours um, just to have a moisture meter it, it causes something i could have used it to do something else um, but then we want to do want to check all of that want to make sure we're doing it right uh, people wouldn't see that part of it yeah and so um, but it's okay we will do whatever is right because whatever it takes to whatever it takes yeah so that to us means justice we spend a lot of our time on research collecting literature building up our knowledge repository and thanks to you for the book that's the <laughs> officially okay i shouldn't uh, forget uh, suaz and divya for giving that uh, uh, what i know about coffee shop nice. running coffee shop uh, but it's about coffee shop correct not like um yours is more scientific correct so probably these two will be the first ever books <laughs> in our knowledge repository. And so yes. that's a way of saying sticking justice yeah. with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Wow. So these are like the five pillars of justice. Right. Okay. Now coming to the other side of this, starting a business <clears throat> in Nagaland and running a coffee business here. <laughs> what has been the biggest challenge that you can talk 
on the podcast. Wow. Uh, the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge will be, in our case, yeah. it might not make sense to a lot of people, but if you are in Naga listening to this, you will agree, is your loved ones. Okay. Your loved ones will be the biggest challenge. Okay. Um, your mom. Yeah. Your spouse. Yeah. Your brothers, your siblings, your yeah. dad. Yeah. They love you so much that they can't afford to watch you fail. And so they want to get a secure job government wow. job yeah. and not explore the private side, private sector of it yeah. um, because it's out of love it's sheer love and it's totally understandable but that I realize can be really difficult to overcome yeah. because they're coming from the position of love yeah. and for me to say no I'm still doing the way I want it it's really hard if somebody come with anger and you just dump it on you I'm like no I'm not listening to you I'm just doing whatever is right but if somebody but comes in love the perspective of love then it's so hard so to say no difficult, yeah. so that's one of the biggest challenge you will have and again is the social positioning like I earlier mentioned yeah that's gonna be the biggest challenge for any like, entrepreneur right now regardless if you make money or not mm -hmm. I mean it's gonna be always like oh you are in the private sector yeah. And, yeah they will always say it's like a bubble in the air it can get burst anytime. Yeah. Unlike the government job. Wow. <laughs> and, and so, how do you expect civilization to take place? Advancement and development in civilization of any human race out there. Correct. Without people venturing out to private sectors, mm -hmm. just being in the government side. I mean, how long will the Indian government keep pumping their resources? Correct. It's time for us to also enhance the growth of the nation as in India yeah. and contribute uh, and generate more revenue and you know help the economy of our nation grow yeah. not keep receiving and receiving and receiving from them from India I mean correct. Indian government yeah, correct, correct, it's time correct. for us to give back too and the only way to do is to be self-sustained and correct. the only way to do that is private sector start business or do our own things right nice and what is the best thing about this the business. best thing is like because we are pioneers like whatever you do you are like pioneer um <laughs> so people say like hey we don't have any uh, platform here it's like really hard to do anything i'm like that's why you know um it's so easy because yeah. there's no one to compete with you imagine yeah. if there were like already some um specialty coffee roasters here in Naglin. Yeah. ete coffee would never surface roasting in that kind of uh, crappy correct <laughs> with all due respect to my Targa band. <laughs> yeah. But because there was no one, whatever I roast, it was like, wow, wow. Yeah, because it's the best. This is the best. Wow. Because this is the only one, right? Yeah, this is the only one. So, so you see, like, not having a platform, yeah. it's such a great opportunity for us. Um, because you're doing something new. You're doing something for the first time. And you're doing right. something, something revolutionary, right? I mean, for this place. You may call it that way, but revolutionary is a big word for me. But no, but yeah. I mean, because when you think of coffee, this is revolutionary. I mean, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. people people started knowing about coffee right in this particular place right. because this company started right. Right. I mean, on that note, I think I I wouldn't take the whole credit. Mm -hmm. um, first off, um, it's the government who brought Correct. this one, and thanks to those. Um, uh, officers in charge mm -hmm. who were very pro in uh, especially with reviving the coffee plantation and I give a credit to uh, Dr. Peter 
mm-hmm. who worked really close with Department of Land Resources, mm-hmm. re- helped revive the entire coffee uh, plantation. Okay. Right. And then now we have uh, uh, Nagaland Coffee, who, who are also rosters. Yeah. They're, also they're based out of uh, Dimapur, is it? Yes. And they're exporting. So wow. I think they're putting on global map as well uh, in terms of the export. Wow. So I think it's not just us, but we're slowly building our ecosystem. Nice. Uh, but nonetheless, we're just two of us, sort of, uh, two companies only. Yeah. And Still whole, love to grow. Yeah. So the fun of just being in the business in Nagaland right now, it's like you're the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And you also like to help people, right? I mean, you help other businesses. Absolutely. You help other people who wants to get into coffee. Right. Why? I mean, you run you run an education center. How is it? What is it? Um. So, okay. Um. There are a couple of things. Yeah. One. Let me just uh, mention this. Um. I cringe when I say this, but I would like to say it. We call it the School of Coffee Education and Center of Center for Research and Innovation. Oh. Um. That's a big name. <laughs> that's why I told you. I warned you. It's a cringy line, but um. I I wanted. I would like to drink big. If not me, somebody should start. It uh, doesn't matter if it's in my lifetime, uh, but it is to keep me motivated. Yeah. Like, because the name, yeah. research and innovation, has to be part of education. Okay. Um, <clears throat> other things, we have, um, we have been giving a free education, training, and all that. We have started our paid courses from this year. Nice. Um, but, but we still have this uh, program called... Um, coffee education program mm-hmm. where we give free training mm-hmm. so under that we have this thing S-I-N-G thing which means sensitize identify network guide mm-hmm. so we first sensitize because people walk in to our to our coffee shop or come come over to me and ask I want to do exactly what you're doing okay do you even know what I'm doing <laughs> right but second like I want to do coffee but coffee Quite a, quite a wide spectrum. Correct. So which part of the coffee? So that's when we help sensitize. Like these are the areas you can be as a roaster, as a coffee shop, planter, processing, Rista. export house, uh, right? And professionally speaking, as a cupper, as a brewer, as a barista. So sensitize and then we help them identify where they think is they might best be good at. Yeah. 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 And then we network. That's when um, you come in. Yeah. Bini come in, um, that's when Manohar come in, that's when Suas come in, Correct. that's when Specialty Coffee of India come Correct. in, that's Correct. when Coffee Machines or Coffee Solutions, Correct. all that is in the industry right now, yeah. Yeah. pull them together Correct. and they can always get themselves trained and, uh, and, and, and so that, that's how network and yeah. then guide them. So after getting trained, what? So uh, guide them. Now that leads us to our second program. Uh, we call it um, consultancy service. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big word again. We don't do like a full-fledged consultancy service, but basically means in our own term, at our own level, we share what we do. Mm-hmm. So we help build cafes. So we already have like one cafe from A to Z. We we shared. I was there for three months, um, laying out the table that everything has to be at the eye level, the customer should see everything, transparency has to be there. So to procuring the machine, not to make a mistake buying the wrong grinder and machine and all that. So 
we do have the program that helps people build coffee shop. Nice. And we do give us sort of uh, gist about uh, how they can go about running the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, speaking of which, people often ask, like, don't you think if you keep sharing them, they become a competitor for you? So again, it's just about building the community, Correct. building the ecosystem. Correct. Yeah. You're making the pie bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I mean, earlier uh, we had a discussion on this same topic and there's a lot of time when we think, you know, when there are more players in the coffee market, mm-hmm. we, I mean, the immediate reaction is that, oh, you know what, there's going to be more competitor. Yeah, right. And uh, the pie is going to be divided into more pieces. Very nice analogy. But what what I think, and I, I know a lot of other people would also think the same is, we can actually increase the size of the pie yes. together. Right. So and each of us get bigger chunk. Each will get a bigger chunk of it. Right. It's just a matter of coming together and increasing the pie. Absolutely, absolutely. I buy that. I buy that too. And and that's and that's such a cool thing. I mean and you're sharing so much that whatever that you know you're willing to share and right. you're willing to learn a lot more right. to make sure that the, the coffee industry in Nagaland mm-hmm. flourishes. And and I'm sure a lot of people know about Naga Coffee because, I mean, I came to know about Naga Coffee because of Ete Coffee. Mm-hmm. Now that there is another company, mm-hmm. uh, Nagaland Coffee <coughs> as well. And that's such a cool thing. And trust me, I mean, since the day I've come to Nagaland, I've been just mesmerized and I'm just happy to meet so many passionate people here. Right, right. You know, meeting uh, Dilly from uh, D Cafe, mm-hmm. uh, Atsi from Farmer Square, mm-hmm. you from, I mean, here at Ethe Coffee. It's just mm-hmm. been an amazing journey so far. Right. And Dimapur, you should check out Nagaland Coffee too. I am going to Dimapur uh, now. A good so. friend of ours, like Vivito, he's running. Yeah. So he'll be around, I, I suppose. Yeah, so he is. Nice to catch up with him too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the reason why we keep sharing uh, what we do exactly, uh, the way we do, we don't hide anything, mm. is also because I would personally would like to uh, see from, instead of um, winning a match, stay in the game. For longer. For a longer period of time. Yeah. So it's not about winning the match. Yeah. By chance, by somehow you can win a match, but who stays in the game are people who focus in uh, in long-term goals. Just not rushing into something. Yeah. Just staying there. So I always give this analogy, like, will it be too funny to put on the podcast? But, you know, you and I, coffee guys, we made up a team, a football team, and yeah. we played against um, this Argentinian, and yeah. Messi was there. Yeah. But because of the, the uh, something for some health issues, something yeah. by luck, we won the match. Yeah. But there was a selection team who came from Liverpool, United, Manchester, and we won the match, but we didn't get picked. Yeah. They picked up Messi and paid some $10 billion a season. So who won actually? Right? Exactly. It's actually about getting to stay in the game, not winning the match right now. So Correct. it's not about how much I can earn, how I can compete with the rest, monopolize the business. I think eventually we will, get, we will be outlasted by people who are really passionate about staying in the game. Um, yeah, so that's when like I would like to share more and more. Yeah. I believe um, I will never be able to see success of Ete Coffee in my lifetime. The success that I see should be the ecosystem. Okay. At the end of the day. Nice. And then so we also have this coffee lab services. 
Wow. Which is in my box. <laughs> carrying my hand. That's the lab services, yeah. like like a medic running around in the rural places. Yeah. So um, what we do is, like I earlier said, people um, who are starting up a roastery uh, obviously have a, um, don't. I mean, like a coffee shop obviously don't have a roasting machine. It's really expensive. And for a roaster who need to also have a moisture meter, it took me some time just to buy a simple moisture meter because it's really pretty tight on the yeah, budget. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't have to buy the moisture meter. You can you use, use mine. Yeah. It's for free. And then you go back and only think about your business. And the, so the idea of the coffee lab services, uh, we have, I have built a you know, uh, vision, mission statement just for that. So it's going to be a, a place where uh, people can come and have free access to it. Nice. Uh, one of the many reasons why I came up with this concept of the coffee lab services is also how a lot of plantation, massive plantation, thanks to the government of uh, Nagaland and Coffee Board, massive plantation going on. Mm-hmm. But we are not prepared if in case there is some sort of... Uh, epidemic mm-hmm. infestation happens or the monsoon cycle changes with the climatic I mean with the global global warming, warming is going on yeah. if uh, you know early monsoon happens this and that are we ready for this and so if that happens are we ready for any kind of alternative mm-hmm. or a safety net so more and more research pathologists uh, should be involved soil engineers should be involved agri engineers should be involved um, microbiologies, biotechnology, mm-hmm. people come together in one place and mm-hmm. research yeah. and people can test their soil or pretty much anything. If they have yeah. some infestation, they can bring that sample to the lab and test it and how best we can address in a sustainable way instead of simply buying drugs or chemicals, chemicals yeah. from the yeah. from the commercial stores. Yeah. You can develop something traditional. So research in that sense, use something um, sustainable to address those issues. Yeah. Like how people use a trap to attract this um, baby birds, um, yeah, and then stem borders. Yeah. So those traditional technolo- technology can also come into play. So m- this lab services is also referring to a place where experts come and do experimentation. Yeah, and yeah, that that's is such a novel thought. I mean, doing something for the bigger community. Just a thought so far. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely sure, and God willing, it, it should happen soon. Yeah, I mean, definitely. If not me, it's, I mean, somebody should. People who can, I'm sure there are a lot of people who have the ability. Yeah, I wish they can take. I mean, it's all about like coming together and do something. True. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I've always, I, I've already offered my services, and ah, anything that I know and I can, I definitely will. I thought that was unofficial, so <laughs> I will now it's official. Okay, you will get the green book. <laughs> <laughs> nice, great. Cool. Anything, anything before before we wrap it up? Do, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Anything about your business or about you? About anything? Well, I don't know. I mean, since we've been talking the whole day, I'm pretty lost. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, have I said this or not? Does <laughs> Was not it matter. in the podcast or Does not matter. during the day conversation? Or something you want to say? I think there's nothing much I can, but um, the last thing that I would say would be I would like to especially speak to people out there who are in the coffee industry, mm-hmm. particularly personalities, people who are willing to do for the greater cause. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking to um, Suaz, I'm speaking to Paul, mm-hmm. I'm speaking to 
middle-aged, I'm speaking to Benny, yeah. I'm speaking to even even uh, the pioneers like Sir Vikram Kurana Correct. and Menon, Madam Menon, Mrs. Man, yeah. a lot of the personalities out there yeah. and even in the coffee bar. I yeah. mean, whoever, I think it's time to come together, mm-hmm. uh, sharing aside our differences um, and share thoughts and grow together. Yeah. Uh, we will need a lot of the advices, especially scientific technology uh, inputs mm-hmm. on doing the coffee wow. so I don't know how where but if somehow we can come together that would be I think uh, the success an amazing me. thing right yeah. yeah that would be a great thing nice sure I mean that's that's such a positive thought and, and on that thought Thank you very much for joining on the podcast. It was great speaking with you. I mean, this was a long time due. I mean, I really wanted you here on the podcast. And yeah, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny, for having me. Wow, great. Well, on, on that note, uh, that's that's it from Nagaland. We are sitting in the room in the night at around 11 o'clock, which is way past the bedtime. And uh, <laughs> for Nagaland, for Nagaland, yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's been it's been an interesting day. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And uh, like always, remember, let's make coffee, coffee simple. simple. Right. Nice. <laughs>